Welcome to Throttled Up, the podcast. Throttled Up will be a weekly podcast featuring Matt and Dustin. We plan to discuss the legendary Brownstown Speedway, along with other local dirt tracks, Eldora, Salem Speedway, and all of your IndyCar and NASCAR news. Don't miss an episode of Throttled Up, the podcast. Hey, Mo, are you going to win it? Yeah, I hope y'all brought some stamps, because y'all know I'm about to send it on me. Dirt, 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 I'm all about that. Dirt, 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 I'm throwing. Dirt, 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 I missed that. Dirt, 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 gotta get back to I'm a dirt trackaholic. Welcome back to Throttled Up the Podcast. Uh, big week this week. Got back out at the track at Brownstown Speedway. Um, exciting night of racing. Some really good racing from all around. But before we get into that, I do want to hit up our sponsors. Uh, one new sponsor this week is Brownstown Speedway. Um, if you get an opportunity this week they got the scott patman memorial uh super stock feature race this weekend uh may 5th but you know big shout out to brownstown speedway and jim price for supporting what we're trying to do and helping us out and uh, always trying to put on a good show at brownstown speedway also in the fastlaneproductions.com if you've got not gotten a chance yet go sign up get a premium account there's nothing better uh before the the guest and, and matt got over tonight i was watching the late model feature again from saturday night um you can't beat it for the 20 bucks or whatever it may be to to sign up it's it's a heck of a deal and you get a lot of a lot of value there schaefer photo and custom t again you know, the official track photographer of Brownstown Speedway. Check out Mark and Jamie Schaefer and their trailer right there behind the, the grandstands at Brownstown Speedway. You know, pick you up a racing T-shirt, pick you up some, you know, decals, uh, some photo memorabilia, uh, and, you know, support those guys as well. And then last but not least, Kenny Montgomery uh, for reaching out and letting us use his new song, Dirt. 
Uh, if you would, go to iTunes and download that single and help support Kenny uh, on his quest and his racing career and music career. All right. Again, thanks to all of our sponsors. Got a guest in studio tonight from the Hartwell Racing family. Um, but before we get to there, Matt, how's your week, man? It was good. Good. Like you said, had a great night of racing. I mean, every every class that raced Saturday night, it was good feature, good heat races. And the throat worked back in okay? Yeah, yeah. I had a few days off, so it was good to go. So with us tonight is Joe Hartwell from the uh, Hartwell Racing family uh, that runs the number 19 Indiana Late Model Series, Indiana Pro Late Model Series car driven by Marty O'Neill. Joe, thanks for joining us, man. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. This is a great setup, man. <laughs> I appreciate it. We, uh, we've been excited uh, to try and get you in here, and I know that uh, last week you had some things going on. You were busy in the garage wrenching, and you know, I, usually I take a lot of offense when a guy turns me down to, to come out here and talk to me, but it looks like it played out pretty well on Saturday night. Well, there was a lot of work to be involved. You know, we, we had some issues the first week. You know, we had a carburetor issue, and then, you know, when they finally got that figured out for the feature, we just weren't very good. You know, and, and you know, people were probably excited about running a third, <laughs> and we felt like that was a bad night. So uh, we did a lot of figuring, a lot of work, and, and did a lot of double-checking all of our measurements and all of our weights, and uh, it seemed to play, pay out pretty well because we got a big W. Well, Joey, kind of before we, we wrap up everything from, from Saturday night, I'd, I'd like to get into a little bit just talking to you about your racing background and where that passion comes from. And, you know, I know your dad's been involved forever, mm -hmm. um, but, you know, kind of how that racing passion start. Well, honestly, when I was a kid, you know, I went to the racetrack every weekend. You know, I think that's pretty much uh, everybody's story when they talk about racing. When I was a kid, I went and watched the races, and, I, and my dad raced, man, before I was born. And um, and so I know every weekend I was there. And then when I got to, you know, being in probably fifth or sixth grade, I was involved in sports so much that, you know, dad, either I couldn't go or dad had to give it up. And dad gave it up when I was in high school, I know, the racing part. So I go off to college, and... Um, Dad started getting involved in racing a little bit more, and I started coming home from college and, and tinkering with the race cars. Keith Deppy was driving a street stock, and and, uh, and Dad was helping him a little bit, and then Dad decided he was going to build a late model for Keith, and and I just kind of, at that time, I could I could finally do stuff on the race car, you know, and I and I you know the best part for me was I got to hang out with my dad, you know, something I love my dad, I always have loved my dad obviously, but it was something I could do with my dad, we could we could share, and uh, we, it turned into every night in the summer I was working with him, and it just turned into a. I remember Keith Deppy telling me at one point he said, "You've got the bug, you're hooked," <laughs> and it wasn't that I didn't like racing, but there's it, it an addiction there that you, you you can't, you know, my my wife still doesn't understand it. To where it's all I think about, you know, when, whenever we start getting to racing, that's all I think about, you know, I got to get this done or this done. Um, and then we, you know, then it took off, you know, we, um, Dickie Phillips started driving for us for a couple of years. Um, Mark Barber drove for us for a year. And then we got hooked up with Marty O'Neill and Marty's been racing for us. Let's see here. Um, since 2006, mm -hmm. I believe. So yeah. uh, we've been going for a long time and, and Marty and dad have kind of on the same wavelength, you know, whenever one of them decides to stop, they're going to both stop at the same time, I think. So um i'm just going to ride it for as long as i can i love it and i know that i don't have the money to do it myself so when dad's paying the bills i'll still show up and work and <laughs> and uh just love it so much and and um i hope that this thing goes long enough so my my kids can start to feel what i felt when i was a kid and, and, and start to experience some of that stuff with me dustin you might not know this but joe's dad larry and marty o'neill are both uh, hall of famers at brownstown speedway 
I did realize that because Larry was inducted last year, correct? Correct. Well, yes. it was last two, year? years, two years ago. Maybe it was two years okay, ago. Okay, maybe. I, it was I knew it had been recent. Yes. Yeah, it was two years ago. No, yeah, because Marty was three years ago. We, Marty went in for one year, and then the next year Larry went in. Yeah. So, You guys also had Matt Botnick drive for, for a little bit, didn't you? Yes, yes, Matt Botnick drive. Yeah, I finished out with Keith that year. And, yes. Um, and, yeah, so, yeah, I've been around a lot of Hall of Fame guys. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> I, yeah. I don't realize how lucky – I mean, honestly, people don't even – or I guess I didn't need to go back and realize how lucky I am to be able to work on these cars every day and, and to be at the racetrack and get, and get to be a part of this because I met a lot of really cool people, a lot of experienced people. Um, and a lot of great drivers, and I, I know that I see kids where I work that are, you know, just jealous kind of what we do, and, and, and I don't realize how great it is what, what I get to do every week. What is, you know, going back to you said, you know, you ran third the first week of Brownstown, you know, felt like it was a disappointment. I know I talked to you a little bit during the week, and, and for you guys that wasn't where you wanted to be. What's it feel like to put that work in through the week and then have that success come on Saturday night? Well, you know, as a coach, I like to say, act like you've been there before. Um, I didn't. I was, I was screaming. I was excited about winning the race. I, you know, because you, you, you do put so much work into it. And you, and you know what was the worst about the night, the weekend before when we ran third is that we just felt like our car wasn't right. It's different when you run third. You felt like the car was good. You feel like you did your job. Sometimes, you know, the track's rough, tough to pass or somebody else just, just whips you. Uh, we felt like we whipped ourselves that night. And so when you put into work and you feel like the car's, you know, in the heat race, even we ran third in the heat race, but we felt like the car was really good. And so you feel pretty confident about what you did. And, and there's a lot of, you know, satisfaction knowing that you did everything you could do to get the car. That's all we can do as me and my, me and my dad can just get the car just right for Marty. There's been a lot of times where we didn't get it right and he still won. Um, and there's also been times where we got it right and just things don't go our way. So, you know, we just try to do what we can do. And then, you know, Marty, one of the, the best things about Marty I'll say is, You'll get 100% out of him every time, no matter if the car's good or bad. Uh, but it can't turn out that we got – he drove a heck of a race last weekend, and the car was good, and, and it was uh, just a great night all around. Yeah, you know, I think the most impressive thing watching him in the feature was, you know, starting to work the high side and then moving down to the bottom and seeing what that was doing for him. And I know you talked to him, Matt, in Victory Lane. The three wide racing that went on there for second, third, and fourth place – uh, for multiple laps was really impressive. Well, yeah, and you, and you got to trust the guys you're running with, too. There were some good great racers there. Um, Tyler Neal is going to be a really good – I mean, he already is good, but he's going to be really good. And uh, he's got good equipment behind him. And, you know, Steven Gotzi's always a guy you can trust <laughs> to race around. You know, Marty and Steven have hit each other a few times, never on purpose, and, you know, they're really good about coming to, to each other's pit and saying, hey, what happened? Sorry about that or whatever. But you know they're going to run each other clean, and, and I thought that was really good racing. Everybody held their line. They are racing hard. Um, and I think Marty's had a better line, honestly. I, I think the car was good because um, I saw other guys try to jump low and they couldn't do what he was doing. Um, but, you know, he just had a lot of patience. And what, one thing, like I said, Marty gives you 100%, but he's always digging. He's always looking for that line. If, it, if that wasn't working, he would have tried another line. Um, and he was – I mean, he was – I don't know. I, I wasn't watching the times, but I heard from somebody in the booth that his time started getting faster yes, and faster yeah, as we went along. And that did. Um, and he started just he started getting a feel for it. And we tried some new stuff last weekend. So um, I'm not going to give you away that stuff tonight on the on here. <laughs> but we tried some new stuff, and and I think sometimes Marty has to get used to it. We try a new setup. He's got to get kind of get a feel for it. You know, we don't get a race and test every week like well nobody we run with does that. But there right. are some guys who get to go test every week, and then they know what the car's going to do 
when they make the change, they're not guessing. And when and the race car driver does, this is what's going to happen when I jump on the, on the throttle. What drives me nuts more than anything is when Mar- we change, make a big change, which we didn't make a change for the feature, but we, for the week, Marty in hot laps just rolls around and never gasses it up one time. I wish he just gassed it up just to feel what the car's going to do. <laughs> no, he'll just wait until the first green flag and, just, and, and we're qualifying in hot laps. That's one thing that's stressful about yeah. hot laps now. You're qualifying. Right. So, like, when you change something, you're, you're nervous as heck about that. And he jumps on the throttle and he just said, well, it's going to turn or it's not. And <laughs> it, it did, thankfully. But, you know, um, uh, you know, you just you get ex- I just get so excited about that first first time out there. But I thought he did a great job running, running his line. He, he found the right line. And I will say this about Marty. And the funny thing about the post-race interview, he didn't know he won. No, yeah, that was awesome. That's what I was getting ready to say. That was probably one of my most favorite interviews because <laughs> I had to explain to him how he got around Tyler because he, he kept no saying – I never seen him. Yeah, he never looks for signals unless I, unless he's leading. So he never looked for me at all because he thought he was chasing down. He was chasing down Zach Burton is who he was chasing down. He thought Zach Burton was was Tyler Kane. No kidding. So Kane went off the top of the track and he didn't see that happen. And so he's digging as hard as he can. In fact, his last few laps, I'm sure it was really fast. And I'm sure there's some lap cars that they had to clean out their seat after how fast he went on the inside of them because yeah. he's trying to chase down the leader. I will say that about Marty. He is the best guy when he's trying to chase down somebody. The dude is out of his mind. Um, he's trying to catch up with somebody. He is one of the worst drivers when he's in the lead, trying trying to like take it easy. Like if you told me he's got a big lead, he struggles to pace it, like to to slow down his pace. He's always he has to be on the edge. Um, so I'm glad that he he was leading, but thought he was running second. I'm gonna do that to him more often to say, no, you got to keep going. Yeah. You know? <laughs> There's another guy out there in front, Marty. Right, Come on, keep going, going. Got to lap another guy or something, you know. Uh, but he did a great job, and 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 to be honest with you, he ran he ran out last five or ten laps really hard didn't hit anybody we ran a really clean race no and even when he got into some lap traffic and and for some of those guys you know i think it was tough in that race for the lap traffic even not you know i i know it looked like sometimes those guys were getting in the way but with the number of lines that were being run there were really three grooves being ran they didn't know where the heck to get out of the way at because they don't know who's coming up behind them and should i go high should i stay low where should i end up and and you know credit to marty and, he, and even tyler before he ran off the track to navigate those lap cars yeah and and the thing about it is those guys that were passing usually you can show your nose or something I mean, that's the way they talk to each other on the, on the, on the racetrack is to show their nose and they, that way you know they're there marty was you know they didn't even know he they didn't hear him all of a sudden he's like got a door next to them he's entering the corner so hard so those guys had to have freaked out. i know that Derek bottoms there on the, i watched the video my goodness, I, he turned straight right after Marty got inside of him. So, and then like Dylan Norm was another guy where he drove in really hard on. So, um, you know, a lot of credit to. So sometimes we've had some problems with with lap cars who try to race you. You know, they yeah. don't, they may not know that you're trying to lap them, um, but you try to give the little leader some room when they're trying to. You, know, make, you, you could determine the race if there's a two wide mm-hmm. battle. Just try to hold your line, and uh, and not race the the leader. But they did a great job and. Um, and Marty did a great job, like I've said it several times, and I just was so pr- surprised that he had no clue. <laughs> he, he literally was chasing down Zach Burton the whole time. And, and like you said, with him unable to be, you know, to pace, it was probably a good thing that he just set his sights on something and tried to catch it because – well, you've witnessed this lose a couple of races when he's leading and he gets in lap traffic, and I'm giving and I, why well, I give him the you know got a big lead signal so you can take your, take your time with lap traffic because sometimes it, they are everywhere. So yes. you, gotta, you know you know you know if you have to push it or not. Well, we've lost a couple, maybe just one, actually. It feels like two or three races, but uh, where he was trying to mess around with a guy, and, and after, like, one lap, by the time he got back around to me to see me, the, I think it was Jeremy Hines was all yes. over him, and yep. he got past. And it's just one of those things where they don't have mirrors. They don't, they don't right. know. Um, and so from that point forward, Marty's been a little more aggressive with lap traffic, so I just try to let him know if he's got a big lead so he, he knows maybe I could take this corner a little bit easier. But 
And that's one thing I'll give Marty credit for is he can be very aggressive on the track, but he brings the stuff back to you in good shape. You know, he ain't one to be aggressive and just tear the doors off of it and right. say, sorry about that. You know, he, he will be aggressive, but he still knows how to protect his equipment. Right. And people, I don't, there's some people who think that he's like a, I don't sometimes think he's a rough driver or something, but he really isn't. If you really watch him and if and I know personally from working with bodies on bodies that he doesn't, I mean, he's really, and he's actually really upset when he does tear something up. He doesn't want to hit anybody. In fact, there was a couple of times last year where I felt like he could have probably rubbed Chad Stapleton. He was all oh, yeah. over him for on second place, trying to, trying to beat him. And not that I would want him to knock him out of the way, but he could have, you know, forced the issue a little bit. And uh, he just doesn't like to tear up the race car, and and, uh, and which is as a guy who works on race cars, it's oh, yeah. yeah. a good thing. Because um, I've you know not that I've dealt with a lot of guys who tear up race cars, but there's some guys out there that race that you know if there if there's a chance to to pass somebody, they're going to rough you up to do oh, it. Yeah. And uh, he's not like that at all. I'm mean, not to say that there hasn't been some issues where there's been some contact, but whatever. But Marty's very he, he sometimes he retaliates. He's he's not afraid <laughs> to retaliate, and people are. To be fair, if you've ever seen, or you've seen Marty, I don't know if you've if you, you saw Marty, I guess the other night, but he is a dude that you don't want to mess with. No, he actually walked right into the pits in front of me the other night, so uh, I, I kind of felt bad for him, man. You got you got to get out there and pick him up. That bag he's carrying was <laughs> was was a heck of a load to get all the way into the pits. I've witnessed him pick up a fifty-five gallon drum barrel drum of fuel off the ground and put it in the back of a truck. He is a monster. Well, you know, he he's a lumberjack by trade, and, and he's the true definition of that because, oh I gosh. mean, you know, he is yeah. just, as strong as an ox, and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and he's fearless when he gets in the race car, and he's, a, you know, he's a great driver. That's, that's like I said, he protects the equipment but still is aggressive and wants to, wants to always be in the lead every lap. Oh, absolutely. And, he, and like I said before, he's going to give you 100%. So, you know, you never have to worry that he – you know, we've had some drivers that, you know, if the car wasn't great, they just take it easy and decide they're not going to pull off. Um, he's you know he'll he'll run as hard as he can for twelfth if he's running thirteenth you know he's he's going to try mm-hmm. the best he can to get the next guy, and um, and he's you respect that out of a driver for sure and 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 the another thing we really respect out of him he lives two hours away, and so it's hard for him to get down and work on the race car so during the week it's usually just me and maybe dad sometimes work on the car, but at the racetrack he works his tail off you know he tries to help as much as he can and and I, I probably should mention Tony Thomas, a guy that um, mm, yeah. helped Hudson O'Neill and helped Don for a long time on the road, even Bob Pierce on the road. Guy brings a lot of experience. He probably should be a Hall of Fame guy, to be honest with I, you. I agree with that. Um, but he comes to racetrack every once in a while. He's a camping buddy of Marty's, and, and he hangs out with us, and he's great help around the racetrack too. So at the track, we got all kinds of help, but during the week it's kind of – kind of me and dad but uh, you know i just appreciate so much that we have a driver that's willing to get in there and work his tail off like he does if he tears up something on the car i like body wise i know that i'm not have to fix that marty's gonna fix that um or tony tony will do that too i usually worry about setup and things like that and I, dustin ain't got to see it yet but uh you know with the indiana pro late models you guys traveled to other tracks besides brownstown and no matter what track you guys go to like you said within a lap or two marty's got the place figured out because, you know, we went down to Chandler and in Bloomington and Terre Haute and wherever, you know, we went to with that series. I mean, you guys was, you know, the, the car to beat almost everywhere we went. Yeah, and that's, I give a lot of credit to my uh, to my dad, but also to, to Marty on that. Marty, he just figures it out. And and, uh, and to be fair, he's got usually when we're racing beside maybe Stephen Gossi or something like that, he's got more experience than yeah. these guys. And, you know, this people would like to say that this is like a beginner's class. It's not anymore. I mean, this no. is this is legit racers, legit, you know, equipment. It's just we're not paying $40,000 for motors, which is, mm. I think, is a good thing. I love crate racing. Um, but he's got experience on everybody. But, you know, the bottom line is um, he just figures it out. And, it, you know, there was a comment. Somebody, I think it might have been um, 
I might be quoting the wrong person here, but I think it might have been Tater Masters. Um, and I'm telling this through a third person. They told my dad this or something, but um, he said something about you'll never know. Maybe C.J. Raper might have said this. You'll never know what the car is doing watching Marty unless you watch the very first corner. If he pushes, he'll drive around that push the next corner. I mean, he's that good. And oh, so yeah. when you, so I've watched him now for I don't know how many years now. What's that? 11, 12 years. You kind of have to watch the first corner to see what the car is doing, or else you're just going to be guessing the rest of the time because he drives around a push or being loose. He's just that good. You brought up enjoying the, uh, you know, the crate cars. I truly think that's the future of late model racing. I, I think within at least the next three years or maybe sooner, unless you're traveling with the World of Outlaws or Lucas Oil, you're not going to have a super late model class anywhere because, uh, you know, it, that's just practical money wise, and you can still race a late model, but. Like you're not skinning so much out of your wallet. Well, and don't think that our car is cheap. You know, a lot of these guys are racing. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not saying I, that. No, I'm not saying that. But people think that everything's just cheap, and we're you know racing budget racers. You know, we're I mean, not me, but my dad is spending a ton of money doing this. But we're spending you know seven thousand dollars for a motor, and 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 what's the best about that? We can really focus on the setup and what. And I like the racing because now I don't have to worry about being out motored. You know, you don't have to worry about you show up at the racetrack and somebody's got a big motor and you're going to get killed on a wet on a wet racetrack. And so everybody's the same. You know, I know there's people who claim, like we or us or somebody who's winning a lot, that we're cheating because our motor is bigger or whatever. But if you watch us, we'll go beat, you know, we'll run a super race and go win some of these guys, get these guys who have twice the motor than we do. So it's not about the motor. It's about good setup, good drivers. And, uh, you know, honestly, you know, on a slick racetrack, a crate car most times is better. Uh, You still got to get it to the ground. You got to hook it up. That was proven Saturday night when Skyler Lewis ran all the way up to second place before, you know, he blew up. Right. You know, he was out running several super late models well, in his crate you've car. You've seen us do it. I mean, it's yeah. something. Oh, yeah. It, it, you almost think that it's and people are like, well, you must be must be cheating. Do you think we're cheating? Where we have double the horsepower now? Then, then you know, it's not true. But you just got to be able to hook up the race. You know, you got to hook up the, the tires. And uh, when you get the setup right, you know, you're tough to beat on any racetrack. You know, when we look at that Indiana Pro Late Model Series this year, um, and I know it's a very competitive class most every year. But to me, it looks like this year could be a really special year. It looks like there may be some really good competition. Who do you guys kind of look at that you think is going to be some, you know, up-and-coming competition for you guys? Well, I think Tyler Neal and Tyler Kane are two guys that are, you know, running really well, have really good equipment, have good I, – I don't know about Tyler Kane and his support system, but I know that Tyler Neal being, um, you know, related – or the son, what would it be the stepson. Stepson, stepson of Don O'Neill and, you know – half brother or step brother i guess i can't remember how that how that works but um with with hudson he has all kinds of information available to him now, i'm not saying that he's and people think that about us because we have marty o'neill who's the brother of don o'neill we don't get anything from them honestly <laughs> um and i don't know if we honestly i don't think i want it you know i, I it sounds bad to say but i, I just wanted i it's more gratifying to me to know we worked hard, we figured it out, as opposed to buying information. And I'm not saying that about Tyler Neal. I'm not saying he's buying information. I'm just saying there's some guys who go out, spend a bunch, bunch of money, and they get information about how to run a race car, and we're trying to, to learn it on the fly. And I, I think there's more you know, gratification, you know, learning on your own like that. But um, but don't you also think, too, that it's a, you know, buying that information or going and get somebody else is a dangerous proposition for some of these young racers because – it matters as much the setup with the guy sitting in the seat as anything. Matching the driver is absolutely important. Um, you know, and there's some things that Mario likes that I think other guys wouldn't like. You know, and, and Tony Thomas coming to our, to our deal and he asking what we're doing with our car, and, and we don't do anything close to Hudson. And clearly, Hudson's good, and but we were pretty good in a, in a crate series as well. Um, 
we just it's just different you know that we talk different a different button a seat you know somebody the way the way it feels to him marty really likes it a little bit different than what hudson does and not that say not to say i think marty could jump in hudson's car and run and win and hudson could jump in marty's car and win they're both great drivers could figure it out um but i think you have to match to your driver what he wants sometimes that you know there's been some times we told Marty what he, we're actually telling him what he wants because he, <laughs> he he thinks he feels something and we're like now nah, we think the car's loose we're, we're tied it up a little bit or vice versa, um, but yeah it's it's a lot of fun to to try to figure things out on your own but I, I, if you're asking me the guys you, you have to worry about uh, when we come to the racetrack there are guys who are going to pull in every once in a while Chad Stapleton is a guy that you know that's going to have good equipment it's going to show up and you have to worry about Isaac Rain he's got really good equipment yes um, and, and I think he's had a good start to the season this year yeah he's going to be fine and, and he's he's a guy that he is self-aware that he's got to get uh, he's last few years he's got to get better and he has you can yes. see him getting better day in day out and there's guys that, that run at Twin Cities that you know will, will show up every once so Tyler Collins is getting better you got to worry about Mark Barber when he shows up a yeah. guy's got a lot of experience Jeremy Hines, who's got a crate car. So there's all kinds of guys that could pull in and win. Um, but, you know, on a daily, on a weekly basis that's been coming in lately, I think the two Tylers, Tyler Neal and Tyler Kane, the ones we have to worry about the most. And then, you know, sometimes Tyler Kane really works on trying to protect his equipment, and then there's other times I think he gets angry out there and kind of forgets about it a little bit, you know, because – it's almost like you see the both sides of the coin out there with it. and at least for, for me watching the race it seems right. like it sometimes i was we were actually talking about not not tyler Kane, but i've talked about this where you can you can see a person's personality or attitude in a race car um jeremy owens is a guy you yes. cannot read he is smooth i'll say that about him he is smooth and if he's if he got a slide job on him and knocked his front tire off he is not going to react I mean, that doesn't mean he's soft. I mean, so he just keeps running his line. He's running a good race. There are other guys you can tell when they get mad. You know, you can tell they get fired up. And I'm not, I, I don't know if I've seen the Tyler Kane do that. I don't really want to say if I have seen that. I really haven't seen that. But I, I'm just there are guys you can you can tell they're mad in a race car. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so Chad, seen, Chad I, Stapleton. Stapleton can do that too. Yes. Um, Marty. I don't know. So I don't really. I haven't really. Seen, I've seen. I guess a couple times when he's been roughed up multiple weeks. You can just tell that if he has to start next to that person one more time, there's going to be some rubbing happening, and uh, and then you know, oh God, we're going to have to deal with that in the pits at some point. But <laughs> at the same time, uh, Marty has a rule with us. He goes, just get out of the way. I'll take care of it because he and I think he would. I think he, the dude is so strong. I think you want to mess with him. Now, in the past, you guys uh, kind of ran two classes a lot. You know, you guys had the super and and the crate, and then you guys mess with the modified for a little bit. Are you guys going to do any of that this year? Are you going to just focus on the crate car? We're going to focus on the crate car mostly because I have two kids. And, oh, right and, on. And my, yeah. and my time level is, is hard. For, it's hard for me to keep one car going. We did two years ago. We were doing three cars. I had a modified, yeah. had a, a, a crate, and we had Rayburn's super late model. Yeah. And that was just wearing me out. I mean, I, I love it. I mean, I've talked about that before already tonight that I love racing and I love to be at the race car shop, but then I don't love coming home and, and not seeing my kids or coming home. My wife's mad because I haven't seen my kids. You know, I was going to say, you also said earlier that your wife still doesn't understand your, your addiction, right? <laughs> well, she doesn't understand the, the amount of time it takes. And there, there are a lot of people who don't understand that. And that's my wife. You know, it's a lot of people think that we're just, you know, I go out to the race car shop, drink a beer and, and just hang out. Well, that's, I never, I don't think I ever have done that. I, I work my tail off. Um, and I have to more now knowing that I, I have fewer nights to do it. Um, I used to be able to go every night when I was single. Man, I'd spend every night till 11 o'clock if I, if I could, and I would tinker on things and probably waste time. Now I'm trying to be as efficient as possible. Like mm-hmm. tonight I was there from after school till 7, 7.30, and I got a lot of stuff done. You know, and, and I we make a list, 
mark all the stuff off a list. And to be fair, I've been doing it for a long time now, so I got a feel for what to do and how much I can get done at night. But when I first started with that, I mean, I was spending about every night out there to about 11 o'clock, but with two kids. And I don't want to make it sound like I'm in trouble when I come home, but I, I, I do miss my kids. I don't want to. Absolutely. I don't want to miss them. And I know my dad feels a lot of pressure because he doesn't want to make me miss seeing my kids at the same time. We've got to get work done. It's a lot easier when school's out. Yeah, because you have all day, and I can pick my hours. Yeah, um, and and you know, then I can I can do it from one to to five, and it's a lot easier to do. But you know, after school till seven or eight o'clock at night, sometimes I miss. Like tonight, I I got a, I got to get bath time and bedtime, so I was I was a good deal. But I missed a lot of the day too, so that's part of why we're not racing two cars. Now, I say that in two weeks from now, Raper might Raper might call my dad, who's they're really good buddies, and we might end up with a Raper car and start driving it a couple times just right. because we can. Um, so who knows? I think it's uh, I think it's interesting too because I think a lot of fans and when you watch when bad things happen, when a tire blows, mm-hmm. when somebody gets into you that's not your fault, when you know you have a carburetor issue and you've got to pull off and you don't run well i think as a fan it's kind of like well okay bad night no big deal we come back next saturday we'll watch them again it you don't see all the hours that you guys have already wrenched Mm -hmm. and then especially if it's damage or something like that knowing all the hours you're gonna wrench to be able to get back to saturday night yeah oh that's what i was talking about this other day with Derek clegg we were talking about, you know, there's so many hours put in every week when nothing goes wrong. <laughs> when oh, yeah. Things are just good. Yeah, just maintenance. We didn't touch anybody last weekend. We won the race. Everything was good. And I'm going to spend a lot of hours this week trying to get the car ready for next weekend. Um, and that's all. All it is is just maintenance, washing tires, mountain tires, cutting tires, siphon tires, um, double checking all of our measurements and everything, just doing all that stuff. And people don't realize how much time that takes or that we even do that. And that's the part that people – um, I guess overlooked just the amount of time you spend uh, in the race car shop making sure the car people just think you know sometimes well they're spending more money or you know Marty's just a better driver and, no, and we are spending money and Marty is a good driver but there's a lot of hard work that goes into it as well you can't half you half wait I don't know if you can cuss on this but you can you can't half butt it uh, <laughs> you can't you can't cut corners if you do you'll see it on a, you'll see it on a racetrack people mm-hmm. who start cutting corners they'll start fading back because they didn't check this or check that they'll have something going wrong on their car I mean, sometimes you'll chase you'll chase a bad shock for three weeks and don't realize you have a bad shock. So you got to stay on top of those things. And 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 you, you I think when we say we won, I think it's what we won three in a row. Yes. The, the, the series is, it, it comes a lot from just the amount of time we put into and make sure every week the car is about as good as it can be. Yeah. For those listening, you know, you guys are a four four time series champs. Three, three of them in a row. The last three years, you guys have been the series champs. So I mean, that's that's a testament to your guys' hard work and, and Marty's driving right there is. Right. Because, I mean, you know, you guys did have Hudson in there. And, I mean, that was a battle of battles when, when Marty and Hudson was racing, you know, every Saturday night for that. So. Well, you know, it seemed like the, why we won the, the points that year. Now, granted, he missed a race at the beginning of the year. But I think I think we still wrapped it up a race before the end of it. So, I think yes. it was still legit in our mind. We made it we made it sound right in our heads. But um, when he won, we tried, we almost finished second almost every time. Yes. And he won a lot of races. Um, but when we we won, it's almost like he broke that night, and so that's where the points kind of we we got lucky, I guess you could say, because he was he was on top of his game that year, and they were really good. Um, but we were right there, you know. Honestly, we like look back and like, man, if Huddy wasn't running, we would have ran, we would have won. I don't know how many races that year. Uh, yeah. we, we were pretty good. But you know, I think that just makes you guys better. Oh my you know, gosh. When, when you have pressure like that, like if we don't perform, we're going to really get outperformed, and and so I mean. 
you know, pressure makes diamonds. So, I mean, that, yeah. that's just what that does right well, there. Well, that's something we talked about that year is that the year before that, we had won the points and we had been pretty good. We won a lot of races. We felt pretty good about our car. We show up the next year with the same setup thinking we're going to be fine and get our butts whipped a couple times. Now I say butt whooped, we're running second. But you, f- you feel pressure to, to get better. And so we start me- messing with the car and we start running some thirds and fourths, trying to make things better. You end up going backwards a little right. bit. But then you, you start to figure it out and you get getting faster. I think that this car we have right now, Oh my goodness! How we would just well, we probably put a half track on the car we had two or three years ago when we win a lot of races. So yes, the competition keeps get, getting better, and everybody keeps making each other better. You know, we know. Yeah. You know, we won the race last weekend, and I know you know Tyler Kane has to feel like he gave one away. I know that watching the film, I think we're going to catch him. I don't know if we would have won, but we're definitely going to catch him. Um, and you know, you feel like you had you feel pressure to get faster. We know we have to get a little faster for yeah. next week. I know he probably feels the same way. Tyler Neal feels he has to get better. Stephen Gossie has to get better. Um, and that's going to make keep making. And like I said, there'll be somebody's, some guys will fall back because of that. They're going to make a change that doesn't work. Well, and I know we talked about it last week on the episode. You know, I talked about those guys. And again, you guys running third, but my exact comment, I know I gave you some heck for it at, <laughs> at school and everything, but, you know, my exact comment was you know the Hartwells are wrenching in the shop this week because right. they're not happy with third. That's right. not what they expect to go do. And. You know, then you guys come back out, and I, I agree with you. I think Tyler Kane's going to feel like sure. I gave this one away. So they're going to be wrenching just as hard this yes, week to continue to push the, the series up. And that's kind of like, you know, even the sports mentality as a coach. You know everybody else is working as hard as, hard as they can that week to get better, so we better do the same thing. Oh, yeah. and, and so um, not that we're going to change a bunch of stuff for next week, but we are going to change some things. We feel like we can get a little faster. So um, we're going to change a few little things, and then we're going to get the car just like it was, except for the couple of changes. I think we're going to change a little bit with the gear and things. and and see how we do and um and we're always you know we like i said we've won some races where we thought felt like the car wasn't as good as it should have been and we'll work just as hard then uh, i think the biggest thing is can we get the car as fast as we can when marty comes in and says the car is perfect you know then we'll we'll be happy he actually said that for the first time i think ever was after the heat race we were in third in the heat race he's like the car's perfect he goes i think this car this he goes the track was kind of one lane around the top yes, in the yeah, heat race yeah. and and he was trying some different lines and they weren't working but you know he said, just leave the car alone. We'll be fine. We we made a couple changes, tightened up the car a little bit for the feature, but I mean, he, he showed us the car was really good in that feature. And you told me that in Victory Lane on Saturday night when I walked down. You said, you said, yeah, we, you know, the heat race was a little bit different, and Marty pulled in and said, don't touch it. Right. It's perfect. Right. I was wide open the whole way. We'll <laughs> right. figure it out. And, again, that's what was so impressive coming back to the feature he worked a whole different line than what he had ran in the heat race, and all of a sudden the car hooked up and it was on it. Right. right. And, and – uh, and sometimes you, you you wonder, you know, sometimes you, especially Marty, he might think that, we you know, we need to change some of the car, we ran second. But when he came in and said, you know what, the car is good. You know, I can't tell you what to make better. You know, as a, as a crew guy, you're like, uh, okay, uh, yeah. well, we didn't win and we didn't even catch those guys. So what are we going to do? And we just kind of looked at the racetrack and knew that, you know, our normal setup, we had to change a little few things for a, for a slicker racetrack. And honestly, I think the track actually cleaned off a little bit, got a little faster. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it got faster, but the, the bottom got faster. Yeah. Well, and I don't know if you know this or not, but Jim pushes the tires in for the feature. Yeah. Oh, we noticed it. <laughs> so, so he, you know, he opens up some track that, yep. that really isn't used up yet. And I think actually that makes the racing and the features better because he, Absolutely. he gives you some different options there. Well, we've had a lot of races where it's a race at the top. Once you get there, you know, that's kind of where you're going to finish unless you do a slide job and rough somebody up. And so very thankful that you can run multiple lanes like we did. I and mean, there was three lanes at yeah. one point. 
I mean, there's been races where you know, Marty's won right there in the middle and, and you know, ran as hard as he could right in the middle. So there's it, this racetrack's really good. It's smooth, which is the big thing. Hate rough racetracks. I don't even know. I don't know as a fan. I don't watch races as a fan very often, but I wouldn't say that a rough racetrack would be fun to watch for anybody. No, I'm going to agree with you on that, too. Um, well, drivers can't set the cars up then. They're all over the place. They're yeah. trying to. They're trying to hang on to the car. They're right. not controlling the yeah, car. It's no fun for anybody. I think t- I think maybe fans like a heavier racetrack sometimes just because the cars are going really fast. But if you really want passing and racing, especially in the crate series, you need to have a, a, a multiple lane slick racetrack because yeah. then you can see the drivers and see the setups and how they work. Because on a, on a heavy racetrack with everybody on the same motor, it's just kind of just follow the leader at that point. You know, i got to give some props to your dad because he is an innovator really Absolutely. in racing because i you know i know back when when keith was in the street stock like you you mentioned you know i i helped keith and and uh you know we were buddies and everything and and your dad would come over to, you know to keith's garage and he'd kind of look at things and you know I, he amazed me how he could stand there in the garage and just kind of study something and you know mm-hmm. and then walk over and say like well let's try this and mm-hmm. you know we would change some things and we go to the racetrack and it was like holy cow man it's so much quicker now right and then you know I know that year of the street stock, you know, he would come over one night a week and always have us to just adjust something mm-hmm. and just got us better and better. You well, know, so I got to give him a lot of props well, for that. He's, I mean, I, I like to say that I learned everything from him and I have, but I don't know everything he knows, obviously. The, the guy is, he's intimidating almost a lot of people when you talk to him because he's, he's a lot smarter than, that sounds bad to say, but he, he gets it, he sees it in his head before you can write down a paper and figure it out. Like he, right. he, he can just figure it out in his head um and and he can he can help so many people people will call him and ask for help and they don't believe him sometimes he gets annoyed by that by the way you call for help and he tells them what they should do and they're like well you sure no i'm not you know like why even call me if you don't want to listen to my advice um but the good thing for me and i think this and marty will attest to this you know dad listens to me i don't know if he always would have but we we can have a dialogue about racing now he trusts me when it comes to he wants me to work on a race car and do this. I don't. He doesn't, you know, think that I want to change it on, you know, just to, because I can. Uh, he doesn't know if I didn't do what I, he told me to do or whatever. Um, but at the racetrack now, it's like we just. It's almost. My wife had the best example of this. She was just dating me at the time when she went to races with us back when she thought racing was cool. Um, <laughs> Before she really realized and we, the time. we had a flat tire, or maybe it wasn't even a flat tire. Just after the heat race, and we were changing stuff for the feature. And we, I, I was changing the tire, doing this and that, and everybody. And Marty was doing something. Dad was doing something, and and she said none of you guys talked. You didn't say anything. You guys, you just did your. You everybody just was like orchestrated, like you guys just do what you to do. And we we're like a finely tuned machine, I guess. And one good thing about Tony Thomas when he comes, he kind of just fits right in. He doesn't. Yeah. Some guys try to help and they just kind of get in the way. You know, they're trying to help. They're trying to be helpful, but they're really they're just, you're just in the way. Um, and dad is just really good about or at least me and my dad now now are really good about you know i'll make a suggestion normally he says that's what i was thinking and we do it granted we're not making huge changes anymore but i think if anything i've kind of held him back on the innovation part because i <laughs> honestly i want to i want to know like he sometimes he wants to throw the kitchen sink at the race car He's like i want to change this spring this spring this and that this and that and i'm like let's just change one thing so i know what it what it does to the car <laughs> yeah. you know we'll, we'll know what to blame if it's too tight or whatever. And uh, I think probably I've held it back in some respects. But when it comes to, you know, especially when we run that Rayburn stuff, when uh, the Rayburns just weren't as good as the as the four-bar stuff, the swing arm stuff wasn't as good, he was so awesome just innovating, just having new ideas and, giz- and you know, gadgets to, to, to make the car a little bit faster. And, and he can just think outside the box. And, uh, you know, I, this lift business he's got. And 
he just he's just he's just smart when it comes to innovating stuff and i and i you know i know that part of you know when he got we got the hall of fame he's a real shy guy you know he'll i mean he'll talk to people if he knows you and but he would never go and brag about these things he never tries to show it off or anything like that but people who know him know he's really smart they know he gets oh, it yeah. And, yeah. and and like i said the first thing i said about him he's intimidating sometimes because you you, I go to him and I'm starting asking questions about something and I know that I'm bo- it's above my head and he's trying to dumb it down for me and then he gets annoyed <laughs> that he can't explain it to me exactly right but um, I think the best thing for, for all of us is that I'm the, the son so he can at least he has to deal with me and so he finally figured, lets me figure it out and uh, then we, we go to the racetrack and I seem smarter just because I've been talking to him about it all week but you know he was he was let's go back way before the late models even I mean he was you know, just a pup then, of, yeah. you know, with this, you know, Scott McKean and Mark Barber, Mark Barber in mm-hmm. the street stock. I mean, you know, they're super stocks now, but that was back right. when they were street stocks. I mean, your dad was doing all the innovation, I mean, years and years yeah, ago. There was one, and I, I want to butcher the stats, but there was a year where they ran 21 races. They won 19 of them. Yes. And they had two two times they didn't win. They were leading and had flat tires. I actually mentioned that when we put him in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. They were pretty good. I'm pretty sure everybody probably hated them at that year, but <laughs> but they were pretty good. Scott McKean, another great driver, by the way. That yes. He got out of it early, but it, and the guy could really drive. And, and not, now there's a guy you could tell when his mountain is driving. Yes. Yeah, that's a fact. <laughs> yeah. Going back to that year that they won 19 of 21, that's probably a real good year there wasn't social media. Or maybe it was oh, a bad year because it would have been amazing to see the – the idiocracy that would have come out oh my gosh yeah <laughs> about yeah. how that happens oh yeah and, it's, and it happens even now we don't want as many races as that obviously but you hear some dumb stuff you know they just and just totally just totally off base like what they think we're we're doing or something and it's just so, like it's laughable the things like they think you're cheating on like really you think that's what we're doing but it's it's almost more fun to let them keep thinking that you know you oh, see yeah. and, you, and you see guys like and not really late models you see like these uh, street sock guys or pure sock guys covering up their back into yes. the car and hiding hiding stuff it just cracks me up like there's there's no real secrets anymore and um i don't know it's just funny that people that think there's some sort of like magic switch you can push and all of a sudden you're fast and it didn't it doesn't exist you know i always said and, and I, I might be way off here but uh when scott bloomquist got penalized at eldora with the lexan and he's in his window net mm-hmm. i always said that was the dummy part you know, look at my lexan here but right. don't look at the rest of the car because right. you, and they all focused on that right well you there's know? there are well there are times we mess up people like we like we've been parked up next to some people that think that you know they're watching to see what we do we're starting to front of the feature and and we'll put a hard tire on the right rear and we just full disclosure we never run a hard tire on the right rear ever we have one the trailer's been there for two years um and we'll put it on there and people are like oh they're going hard tire we got to go hard tire and we watch them change your tire and we're like laughing at them because right. and, and we're distracting them from actually looking at what you know we're actually we're actually working on a right front shock right now you might want to look at that but, but even right. though that you just released that people will still put a hard right tire yeah, on right, they might. yeah because they're, they think you're just saying that to throw them off <laughs> yeah. you know so well there i mean <laughs> there are people it's funny that like vultures almost sometimes they like oh, yeah. they drive by and they act like they're just saying hi but they're like staring at your tires so we oftentimes we just leave the tires off to the very when, when we go out there we try not to get too caught up in what other guys are doing we try to do what we know is going to work for us and uh, marty's really really good on tires people would think that he's really rough on tires he's not and um and so we never hardly ever go hard on tires unless it's like a 100 lap race you guys got the big bowman 50 coming up in september i know that's a ways off but I mean, that's where the crate cars come out of the woodwork. You know? Oh, my gosh. Jason yeah. Jameson showed up, yeah. you know, in a crate yeah. car. You know, he he drives Supers all over the country, but showed up at night, you know, to drive a crate car. So, 
Well, that's, you know, how do you guys prepare for that? It's the same way. I mean, the biggest fear, the biggest thing we have to worry about is is the weight because you burn off so much more fuel. Um, and we run E85, which burns off quicker than uh, okay. than uh, gasoline. So we have to worry about the total weight. And so I think if that Jason Jameson race, if you remember that race, we came on at the end. We were rolling. We were, like we needed about five or ten more laps to yeah. we could have caught him. But we had to put so much weight on the car that the first 25 laps were kind of a waste. We had too much rear percentage, and and uh, finally the car started getting back to dot, being dialed in there at the end, and we started rolling, but it was just a little bit too late. So that's something we had to figure out. Like last year, I think we had it a little bit better. We had a – I think Hudson whipped, whipped everybody that yes. last year, and I think we just kind of started too far back. But um, I'm not sure we had anything for him, but like the car was better for the most part for that race. But that's something you have to really worry about the longer races. That's why – you know those guys coming in; they have a lot more experience of how where to put lead at to, to hang on the car when you have to you know, have a burnoff rule. Some you know some of these big series they have a burnoff rule, so every right. lap you run, you get so many pounds off, you can be under the total weight. You know, not for our, for our series. So uh, figuring out how to to be not to you know you have to be heavier at first, but how you know what what's the strategy? Can, do you want to you know give up the first twenty laps, or do you want to be? You, we figure we want to be fastest for the last twenty. Right. Because um, if you get a late la- or late race caution, then that's I mean, what we needed. We need a caution. Yes. Yeah. Didn't just didn't get it, but you know, um, the next year we actually tried to hang weight right in the middle of the car, so it's more of a neutral place, and we got we were heavier, but we didn't ruin our rear percentage or, or whatever there. So I don't, I, we don't really think about that much. We, we really want to win it, and it's not so much about the money, just to say that we won this big okay. race because we won the series, yes, and the biggest race of the series we haven't won it yet, so we'd love to get that one. Well, that's you know that's your guys's, you know Jackson one hundred yeah. or, or icebreaker because right. I mean that's that's your guys's you know special race I guess I should say, and you know I. It's my. I, I'm kind of partial anymore to the the crate cars, you know, because I travel with you guys and right. announce you guys wherever we go, and you know, I kind of feel like we're family, you know. Sure. We, you know, I'm the Brownstown announcer, but then when we go to Chandler or Bloomington, I'm there with you guys too, sure. and, and it's just more special. So, you know, I, I enjoy those races. You know, oh, and I love when we, when we leave Brownstown. I love Brownstown, but I love going somewhere different and, and just being in a different scenery. And plus, you know, like we go to Chandler. I don't. We're not going to Chandler this year. I don't no, think. No. Um, but they like worship us down there. Oh, yeah. They think we're the coolest people in the world. <laughs> I like, know the first time I went down there, you know, with with your series, you know, we get out of the car, and you would have thought Lucas Oil rolled in. Yes. you know, when you guys pulled oh, in it's there, like, legit, they're like taking pictures and wanted to talk to people, and they like oh, looking yeah. at your car, like this is the coolest thing we've ever seen in our <laughs> yeah. lives. And like we're like, no, we're the lower series, <laughs> like yeah. we're the crate series, but. You know, and and you you know say we like crate racing. There will be a lot of people if they didn't know like the drivers or like the cars themselves, and they just like had a like every, like four or five cars out there on a slick racetrack with you no know, no numbers on or anything, just running out there. You would be able to tell usually mm-hmm. which one's the crate and which I, one's I, not I totally because agree you're you. out of the throttle so much on the on the supercars, and probably the crate cars going to win um, just because it's more. I think it's an advantage. You don't have to worry about feathering the throttle as much. Um, and you know, sometimes like people will ask us, we've won some super races. Like, was that your supercar? No, that's the right. crate car. Like, yeah. well, I couldn't. They don't believe me. No, that's really the crate car. And uh, and people, it, it, it blows my mind. People like you know, some people are anti crate, and uh, and they don't even know that the crate car just won the race or re- finished third. Yeah. You know, like last and then last weekend, Skyler Lewis was rolling through there up to oh, second yeah. with a crate car and and, and moving. I yes. mean, he was moving. Yes. Yeah. And there, but don't be wrong. There are some places a crate cannot go and run with the big boys. And at Brownstown, the way it's been for the Jackson, you know, they get it so wet early in qualifying, you're not going to qualify well. Yeah. But by the time it's Conti time, you can be rolling just as good as those guys. Now, granted, they're really good, and maybe you won't be able to pass them. But I think we're just as good sometimes as the mid-tier drivers of the Lucas Oil when it's a slick racetrack a crate car is because of just the advantage of being a crate car. And, and you guys have the advantage of – 
countless laps at yep. Brownstown where, you know, those Lucas oil guys, they roll in and, you know, you can't count Bloomquist out at Brownstown Speedway. No. For some reason, he's got that joint figured out for just, you know, he's there two times a year. Right. But you guys are competitive, even when the Lucas Oil guys are there. Absolutely. Well, we, you know, and even when, I mean, I don't know about Lucas Oil, because sometimes those guys, even the mid-pack of the Lucas Oil now is multi-million dollar operations anymore. Yeah. But, um, you know, when the uh, other series roll in from, I can't remember the name of the series now that roll in from uh, from Kentucky or whatever. I can't remember oh, the name Oh, the series. Battle of the Bluegrass. Yeah, Battle of the Bluegrass or stuff like that. Yes. The mid, I call the mid-level guys that are really good, but they're, you know, not torn with the Lucas Oil. We can run with those guys with the crate car yeah. as long as the track is, is suited for us. Now, they're, like Brownstown can be that way, Eldora will never be that way. <laughs> right. Know. Well, that's a that's a motor track. Yes. No matter, I don't care what class you're in over there. You got to have a motor to run at Eldora. And part of why I don't like the Super Series as much, and we've ran them, is that you know you feel like you have to have a forty thousand dollar forty thousand dollar motor, and if you don't have one of those, you feel like you're going to be out outdone on a on a heavy racetrack. Um, but then you're always worried on a heavy racetrack. <laughs> Please don't blow. Please don't blow yes. because that's your like your whole savings is going to that motor, and you know these guys with, with unlimited budgets, you know they don't have to worry about that, and it's just an unfair advantage altogether. You blow a motor in a crate series, it's a big deal still. Yeah, you're it's talking, still money. You're talking yeah. about seven thousand dollars compared to forty thousand dollars. It's a lot easier to to take. Well, you're buying five or six of them instead of one. Right. Yeah. Right. But again, to go back to the money, like you said, everybody thinks it's it's cheap. All those other parts on that car, are late oh, model parts, which a word. If it has the word racing attached to it, it's expensive. It's expensive. Yeah. You know, they just they hike it up twenty percent automatically if it says racing. <laughs> yeah. You know, but you guys do get some savings in the engine, but nothing else. I mean, the tires, you know, the suspension parts, and you know everything else. You guys are spending the same amount of money as the super We're guys spending exactly the same stuff. Yes. I mean, it's exactly the same. And uh, and granted, those guys, the guys, the real advantage besides the big motors that these that these touring guys have is just the testing time. They can go out and spend a, an entire day on a Wednesday and test all day long. And uh, and that's a huge advantage. I mean, we would be so much better if we had a chance to do that every once in a while, just go test all day. And, you know, Jim Price is good about letting some guys come in every once in a while. Just with my schedule right now, I can't do that. With You know, Marty lives two hours away. you got to really coordinate that. You know, we've always been pretty close. So it's like, yeah. what are we going to gain? We would gain something. But, you know, what are we, what are we going to gain from spending an entire day? Um and then you burn up a whole set of tires or two sets of tires doing that. So that's another cost. Speaking of a big cost in racing, tires. Are, oh, yeah. It's unbelievable. And you, th- there's a lot of guys figuring out now that you can't just run the same stuff every week. You're going to have to start changing your tires and putting new stuff on. And people aren't realizing that. I'm, I'm hoping they don't realize it for a while. But we, we try to try to every every couple of weeks or every week you know change the right rear tire because it's that important. New rubber. I know you guys don't get a lot of time to watch the other classes because you are thrashing in the pits. But have you seen a driver – in another class there at Brownstown that you would kind of like to see get up in a crate, Jeremy Owens, and he's ran. Yes. I think he's ran a couple times in a in a crate. We had a situation last year where we were we were winning the points, and um, and we had a we had a, the supercar that blew the blew an engine. Mm-hmm. So we had another crate motor sitting there. We threw it in the in the car, and we kind of had it going just in case we had a situation where the where the the main car Marty's car blew an engine or something bad happened. We could put the put Marty in the backup car. Well, to get to be able to use the backup car, you had to have somebody driving the car, uh, you know, trying to get yes. the feature first. So we had Remington Gill yes. it a couple times, and and I think Brad Irwin did. Um, I forgot where the story was going. Now, what was I talking about? Somebody else that you'd like to see get in the car. Oh, and I, but a name that I mentioned to my dad was was Jeremy Owens. I thought he'd be great in there, um, but at the same time, you know, Remington needed a ride, and yeah. we knew he'd been racing 
in the series, and so he knew we knew he was used to racing a late model, so we went with him. Our dad made that decision, but you know he did a great job. Remember, oh, yes. he did a really good yeah. job in a car. But I think Jeremy would be good. Um, let's see here. Well, I, I know Matt Botnick had a crate car for a while, and he, he raced late model for us. I think he's a really – I think he is so smooth. Yeah. Um, um, let's see here. Jacoby Hines would be good in a, in a late model. And, and I know I've seen him jump in there one time. I thought Jared Bailey made a great transition. Um, but there's a lot of the modified guys. And the modifieds, they're – they're almost harder to drive, I think, than the late models. Yeah, they got a lot small, of horsepower. Yeah, a lot small of horsepower, tires. small tires. The same same rear end setup a lot of times, but not so much the same front end. Um, I think Jamie Wilson, he's a, he was a street stock guy. Now he he destroyed his modifier yeah. right in front of us the other night. But uh, he'd be a guy that could probably. Make, I think a lot of these guys could probably make the jump. It's not easy, right? I mean, Tyler Kane, I think in his first year, not that he ran bad, but it took him a while to get to where he's at now. Mm-hmm. Just getting used to to running a, a, a late like a, going from a street stock to a late model is different than going from modified to late model. Well, I handle. think I think the hard part for for Tyler was, I mean, he was sheer domination in the super yeah. stock, mm-hmm. and then you know, he had to get used to that learning curve. And I remember I interviewed him. When we were down in Chandler, and he yeah. said it almost humbled him that he right. was used to when he showed up the racetrack in the Superstock, he was going to yeah. win. Right. And then when he went to the crate of, I hope I run the top five. Right. You know, and I think that he had to change his mindset to to realize he was no longer the dominator that he was well, in the Superstock. Yeah, but I think he's there now. I mean, oh, it took I, I agree years. with you. I think he's he's doing a great job, and 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 uh, his car's getting better and better. And I know we have to worry about him week in week out because he's doing a great job. But it took a couple of years to see him yeah. like that. Tra- I mean, there were some times where you could just see that he needed some more experience in it. No, I, I, mean, I can't. It's hard for me to say that because I've never driven a race car. But I just, you get to see that you know it, it took some time for him to get used to the late model and the way they drive. Have you ever been intrigued by the idea of getting in a race car? You know, people talk about, ask me about this a lot, and I always say to them, I don't want to get in a race car just because I want to win. And I know, I you know, I see like like Tyler Kane it took a while to get used to it. Yes, it would take me years, and I I don't want to waste my dad's money. I don't want to work on the race car because I destroyed it. And we have Marty, and he's going he's gonna to win races. Now, am I intrigued to jump in a car and hot lap at one time by myself? Yes. Yeah. I do not want a wall. and I Tires. Do not, you don't want tires on the infield. No, get them away. <laughs> I just want to jump in at one time, and no one's watching. I don't want anybody <laughs> watching. And I want just a time. Just let me know how slow I was because I, I know that I feel like I'm going 100 miles. Like, see, my dad tried this. My dad actually got in a race car. I don't know if you knew that. I didn't him know that. Alan no. Magner and him built a modified, and they're going to they're gonna share a ride. They're going to race every other week. And after about one week weekend, um, he didn't want to do it anymore. Wow. He, it, just wasn't, it wasn't his cup of tea. And part of it was he wanted to win, and he just didn't feel comfortable in a race car. Um, I think he hit the same hole. We were at Lawrenceburg. He hit the same hole every lap. Every like he never would miss the dumb, the dumb hole. He just hit the same one every lap, and and um, you know it just he was humbled by it. You know, and uh, part of that has a lot of effect on me. Knowing Dad tried, couldn't do it. Not to say I couldn't do it, but I just know there's gonna be a learning curve there that I don't I don't want to deal with. Um, and you, know, I got to give you props for for just saying that because you know I've sat in the grandstands, watched a lot of races. You know, like over at Del Dora, where these families with a lot of money let their, you know, they get let their kid have all this stuff, and he cannot drive. No. And you know, if that family or even if that kid realized, we would make a lot more and win a lot more <laughs> if I would yeah. step out and put someone that could drive in there. But right. you know, and for you to say, you know, I have the opportunity, but I I want to see us win, so I just rather somebody else drive. That's right. awesome to me because 
you don't want to waste the money. Well, you hear a lot of people talking like, oh, if I jumped in that car. Oh, yeah. And you know, yeah. I, I would have, you know, and I'm like, well, I could jump in the car and I know that I wouldn't. So I and, and I always tell I always like to say this to people. I said, you probably couldn't get the car rolling. Right. Because the car is different. You have to push the clutch yes. in to make it roll. And then people don't even know that. Like, you probably couldn't even make it go on get on the racetrack. So good luck with trying to go win the race. Well, and, you know, and you talked about you'd want to hot lap it with nobody around. When right. we had Josh Moffat on. It cracked me up when I was talking about, man, how do you just jump in a sprint car? Like, you didn't do anything before you got in. And I remember him saying, oh, man, the first time I got out of Lawrenceburg and I'm out there in hot laps, he said, and I feel like I'm doing full out. He said, I got lapped three times in hot laps. He said, I was putting around the bottom. But he said, I felt like I was totally out of control. And I agree. I mean, I think it's so easy to sit in the stands and go, man, why are they not just, why aren't they hammered down? Why aren't they sliding the corners? Why aren't they doing this? But when you really think about it that's got to be just a rush like none other oh my gosh and and the that's what amazes me about driving I mean, race car marty amazes me almost every week with things that he do, he does like you know you got to think that while they're in there they're messing with their with their tear-offs um <laughs> they can't you know there's three cars around them there's somebody behind them they don't know about and they're supposed to, he's supposed to be looking for signals from me when he's leading i mean for they're adjusting their brake bias and they're adjusting their brake bias or so they're oh, messing yeah. with their you know their you know Three-wheel brake, four-wheel brake. I mean, there's all kind of different stuff they're doing in there that people don't even realize they're doing on top of, you know, it's a full-on, they're fighting that race car. Yeah. You know, they're, I, mean, they're, I mean, the car's getting easier to drive from what Marty says, but they're in there. They're on the edge of out of control all the time. Mm-hmm. And so, and you see it. You see these guys who try to come in the series or in any race part of racing. You see them spit out twice every race, and, and it's not like they're out there just messing around. They're trying hard as they can. Yeah. It's hard to do. Um, and you, you, you have a lot of give, you know, Hudson O'Neill, how he's jumped in and done what he's done is, is so impressive. I think Tyler Collins, yeah. the kid that, yep. um, has been around racing. The Collins family has been is, is synonymous with racing, especially twin cities. And the way he improved last year was unbelievable. Um, so there's some guys who can do it and, and learn quickly. Um, and maybe I could, but at this point in my, in my life, it, I'm, almost 35 years old i think it's okay for me just to to work on race cars and i you know what i i enjoy immensely when we win i love doing it and uh and i don't i don't need that i still get a rush i feel competitive nature every week i I get that competitive drive going every week so for me it's it's all good i'm assuming i know this answer too but i'm going to throw it out because it's been a hot topic even at brownstown speedway lately um because i know with marty's experience and and your age have you gotten into any of the iRacing stuff with Braden Watson coming in at in the modified there for Lucas Wee and all of his experience coming in comes from iRacing? Have you seen any of that or done any? I haven't seen any of that, and my wife would probably kill me if I invested <laughs> any of that. Um, I I just have not, and I know that I think Hudson does some of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and but, not a knock on Marty. Marty just has seat time. He doesn't need to sit and play a computer. I simulator. actually no. seen Marty's too busy probably playing cornhole or yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Camping, <laughs> camping, he's yeah. I, or playing golf. I tell you, you would not think Marty O'Neill's a golfer. We play. No, I, I would. He's got a go- home golf course there in Spencer, and I swear to you, it is. I can't remember the name of the place, but it is the, b- the most redneck place in the world. <laughs> it's like not that putt putt course down in Elliottsville, right there no, on the highway. No, it is not. It's like on Snake Run Road or something like that, and. <laughs> And like there's like you have to he's like trying to tell me you got to watch out for those roots up there you know there's roots in the fairway you got to watch out for I'm like roots yeah and and it, and he is really he's actually pretty good um, at probably golf. not bringing the U S Open there at any point well he's no. he's pretty involved with the moose too isn't he I mean I know he yeah, goes he's to like the, the conventions grand and- 
dragon uh whatever Poo-ball. yeah whatever the governor <laughs> of the moose i'm a, yeah. I'm a member he I See, guess i'm a member there in north Vernon too but that's uh i know he's, uh, he's, he's, he's up big in the, time. In the congress of the moose so yeah they're like yeah the governor or <laughs> prince and princess i don't know how that works but it's a big time i mean they, they and they have a great time doing it and they do a great job for the one and uh i think it's owen county is where they're where they're at and, and they um they have stuff going on all the time they run that that's like the what they do on their in their spare time besides racing and they do a really good job by that by the way of at least one good thing for marty the last few years is that he's got a camper oh yeah he can drag his family with him and they they enjoy coming to the racetrack and it's a it's a it's an event now and you can camp out after the races and, and do a little partying afterwards and so instead of showing up because we were racing there when we were running the supers and no crate stuff you know there was a while where it's hard to find a late model race in indiana and so we're yeah. racing down in deep kentucky or illinois or ohio we're getting home at three in the morning and then he's got a two hour two hour drive home past that you know he's getting home five in the morning on a sunday morning um i know that his wife has to appreciate that they can hang out and see each other right after the races like that you know and talking about when you traveled there brownstown's obviously home right but what are some of your favorite tracks outside of that oh my goodness um i hate bloomington as a late model guy that hurts well it hurts but if you if you own a race car, worked on a race car, a late model, you would hate Bloomington. I don't. So I I, I don't hate Bloomington. <laughs> I get. I totally get. If I was a fan on the other side, I'd love to watch late models even because they beat the crap out of each other. Um, oh, it's tight and it's oh it's my goodness. a battle. And and even in the, the modifieds are almost too big for it. To be yeah. honest with you. Yeah. Um, uh, what and I, I'm a sprint guy. So to be honest, that's, that's why a great sprint car race. That's why I grew up in Bloomington Speedway. Yeah. Um, I personally. Um, this is gonna sound crazy i love going to union county we oh, want yeah. we want our biggest race there it's it'll tear up your race car it's, it's actually all the reasons i hate bloomington are pretty much the same reason that i, I should shouldn't like union county but marty's always been really good there um and for some reason i just like going there we've always been pretty good we've always been good at twin cities um if i had to pick a, a racetrack out of the state we used to run, run a place called brown county in ohio yeah which is no longer in existence i don't think uh, but we liked it we liked it there hate florence every time we've been at florence we've wrecked there's like if there's a if there's a bad wreck almost everybody's involved in it, it seems mm-hmm. like it's yeah. just so tight on those yeah. on those straightaways that's almost like the martinsville of of dirt tracks you know yeah. long and with narrow corners yeah. at florence yeah so. and there's been as a fan i love to go to florence i mean they're, they're, yeah. this is as a guy working on race cars you know um love eldora as a spectator yeah not so much as a guy who has to worry about the motor blowing up um, I'm not doing a very good job finding tracks that I really like. No, no uh, you have you've picked everything that's wrong with every track so far. <laughs> no, when you guys was traveling, uh, was you down at Ponderosa or any of that? Or now Marty hates Ponderosa. He's never been good there. We I like Ponderosa. It's a good racetrack. I've actually seen it though when it's been run poorly when it's like so heavy. Like the their guy flipped in hot laps or no, flipped in the first. He's the first out guy out there for qualifying flips. Ambulance goes out to get to him and gets stuck on the front stretch trying to get to him. That's how heavy the racetrack was. Um, so I've I, I've seen all the negatives. I guess I've been uh, I've been trained. A li- I like Richmond, Kentucky. That's oh, a good yeah. racetrack. Yeah. It's, it's another tight racetrack. Um, there's a place, a funny story, a place called um, Mudlick Speedway. I think it's no longer in existence either. When wow. we were traveling around Mudlick, uh, we went there, and the place is about the it is the highest bank racetrack I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, and it is literally carved into a side of a mountain. I mean, it's like, I mean, it's just crazy. And Marty says, I don't think you could ever get yourself to run out off this racetrack. You can, you couldn't go fast enough in the corner to actually go off the racetrack. And wow. the first, first lap of hot laps, he goes off the racetrack. <laughs> well, we were winning the race and we actually blow up a motor, um, with like two laps to go. 
the motor blew up so bad, guys running second, third, and fourth all had flat tires. That's oh how much stuff was on the ground. And so we pull off. We're all disheartened. We're, I mean, we're three, three or four hours away from the house. And uh, the announcer still says, we like, after they throw the checker flag, he's like, and Marty O'Neill with the win. And we're like, yeah. Like, you know, they, we didn't even win at all. We had been pulled off for quite a while now. But that was a fun race. That was a fun racetrack. I mean, we blew a motor, so I guess it's not that great. <laughs> if I had to pick my favorite racetrack, obviously, it's Brownstown. And I, and I like going to Terre Haute. Um, we That's fa- that place is just fast. It's just fun as a as as a guy just watching speed. I, I like just like yeah. watching him go real fast around the racetrack. Um, yeah, I think I mentioned every racetrack that we, we've ever ran at, really. We've, no. ran at, we've ran at more, but... And pretty much you like Terre Haute and Brownstown. I like Brownstown the most by far. I like, I like Twin Cities. I mean, Twin Cities, though, is like either bu- boom or bust for us. We either win or we run terrible like or have like bad luck we have like a wreck or something so you know it's it's either a really good feeling or a really bad feeling when you leave there the best thing about twin cities is five minutes away from the house yeah. you know so and 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 it's getting you know the track's getting better it used to be it was just so rough that you couldn't uh you couldn't race on it but now it's getting smoothed out and tim keely's doing a good job down there to get the track going pretty well i know uh in the early 90s when i was helping the collinses we uh We'd go down to Fleming County, Kentucky. Did you guys ever make it in there? We had to go through the covered bridge, and uh, I remember we were slipping off to that. Like I said, in the early '90s, and uh, he was like, he was like a John Gill or Scott Bloomquist back in. We would go there. Oh yeah. But then uh, I remember uh, we were there one night, and he, him and Daryl Smallwood were competing like crazy down there. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, we look up, and on open trailers, John Gill and uh, jackie boggs come rolling in Uh-oh. so they had found tory's honey hole but the flag stand there the tree limb actually hung out over the racetrack oh, by awesome. the flag stand and so and the the grandstands was carved into the side of a hill so when yeah. you, you talked about that mud lick it reminded yeah. me a whole lot of fleming county kentucky down yep. there so uh, i just thought of a couple other racetracks i really do like that we don't race a lot at anymore portsmouth ohio oh yeah Great racetrack. Mm-hmm. yeah as long as the racetrack's not flooded because it's around the ohio river and sometimes the river gets up and they can't race there and uh zanesville uh, we used to go like to go in there. So another c- couple racetracks. We didn't get to race there a lot, but we I really enjoyed going there and racing. Um, I was going to say Fleming's. You said Flemingsburg. I'm not sure we ever went there. We've raced about all around there. But I don't think we ever went to Flemingsburg. I think Mudlick. I, I think Mudlick is actually like a town away from there, though. Yeah, I think it is. I, I don't even think that exists we anymore. We went to a place called Soggy Bottom Speedway in Kentucky. Soggy <laughs> Bottom, um, and. We actually literally fought a race car to the, to the racetrack. He was driving his race car to the racetrack, turn signals and all. Oh, my God. And, and uh, the entire time on the racetrack, he has left turn signal on, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> they had a flatbed trailer for the pit grandstands. So you sit on a flatbed trailer. And I'll never forget that because my dad got smoked by a dirt clog right in the place you don't want to get hit at. Oh, and, right and on, he, yeah. went, he, he started talking like really high pitch after that. And that's the, the claim to fame in that story. But Soggy Bottom Speedway, I remember that too. That was also cutting the side of a hill. There's nothing like driving your race car to the track. So think about how much you could save right there. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I don't think we could. I, mean, I don't know. You probably run out of gas on the way. Well, the way these things run, burn up gas these days. But that little Hornet or whatever that guy was running, he drove right to the racetrack. Soggy bottom. <laughs> it, I think I it, I'm it not may sure now be. Race. They may have renamed it to Cedar Ridge Speedway. Oregon Tiger, yeah, Cedar Ridge Raceway now. That's Which it. I mean, that why would you change the name to Cedar Ridge Speedway when you had Soggy Bottom Speedway? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly that's the racetrack right there. I'm telling you. Oh my goodness. They run modifieds every week. It looks like. Yeah. 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 
And, you know, I think you're going to see a lot of that more of, because of the fall off of the super late models that mm. I think a lot of racetracks are just going to do away with that class. Well, that's why we yeah. went to crates at first is we had a place we can race every time. We, we ran a modified there for a while because we could just race anywhere we wanted to. Right. You know, and they have the same rules. And there's another racetrack. I just thought another one when we ran the modifieds. Shady Hill Speedway up in northern Indiana. I, I've been to Shady Hill. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my sister was living up there, and we knew the racetrack was up there. And we went up there to just kind of see them with the racetrack. They had a big race. And Marty like lapped the field up there. They didn't really like us there. They tried to tell us that our seatbelts were illegal. <laughs> and um, there was something else after the race they were trying to say was illegal in our car. Finally, they just gave, our, gave us our money and told us to leave. But, yeah, seatbelts were illegal. <laughs> we're, well, if it's a place where you drive your, your car to the racetrack like Soggy Bottom Speedway, they may be optional. True. I think so. <laughs> I think, I mean, that guy probably had a cooler in the back of that car, that car and everything. I mean, I would be, guarantee he yeah. did if he was headed to the racetrack. Hey, we're at about an hour and five minutes, and I do want to kind of get into a little bit about, you know, those other uh, classes from Saturday night. And I know, you know, Joe, you don't get a, to watch a whole lot of uh, that, but obviously the easy lift, which is a, uh, you know, huge connection back to you guys. It pays for the racing deal. Absolutely. <laughs> but the easy lift super late model series, uh, Shelby Miles comes out with the uh, feature win there. Uh, in the heats, it was Shelby Miles with a win in Heat 1 and Alan Magner with a win in Heat 2. And to be honest, I think in, in the in the heats, I thought Alan Magner looked really good. And, and I don't know if he had something that uh, that maybe went wrong in the the car or, or what kind of caused uh, the issue. But he didn't look as strong there uh, in the feature. And, and Shelby Miles pretty well just dominated and kind of ran away from the field. Well, the track changed a little bit, too. I mean, the track, I mean, that's some people don't realize either, is that the track, you can be perfect for the heat race, and then the, the track totally changes for the feature. That's something in dirt racing, especially. There's just, you got to keep watching that track. Um, so I think maybe, I don't know, maybe they didn't change anything, and the track just changed on them a little bit too much. But Shelby looked good up on the cushion, especially. But like you said, uh, Lewis was, was coming on the bottom. Oh, yeah. There. And Marty saw that. Marty was going to try that. I know he's going to try the bottom at some point in the feature, and he just kind of stuck with it. Looking at the uh, A&K excavating UMP Modifieds, uh, Ryan Thomas comes away with the uh, feature win there, you know, with Jeremy Owens right behind him in second. You talked about, you know, Jeremy coming up. And, you know, I guess, uh, you know, one thing I kind of thought was interesting to get a watch was, you know, Jeremy and Jacoby Hines ran right by each other a lot that race. And there was a lot of, you know, not really rough racing but slide jobs and moves and constantly trying to outwork each other and i thought it was a lot of fun to watch the heinz brothers kind of go at it there it was fun to watch and it was almost like oh it's gonna be a rough family reunion if something happens yeah. here but nothing well, i did. don't think it'll wait until the family reunion i think it happened in the yeah, pits you're probably right you're probably right but they they ran each other clean i you know there's a lot of really good drivers there's another guy right there uh, ryan thomas would be good in a, in a late oh, model yeah um, really sharp on race cars, by the way, but he's you know really good driver, very smooth. There's a lot of really smooth drivers, and that's what you watch if you're a guy that works on race cars a lot. You look for guys that are smooth. And you, Jeremy, he, Jeremy Owens, Jacoby Hines, yeah. Ryan Thomas are smooth. Matt Botnick, smooth drivers. And you know Ryan builds the Diamond Race Car Modified there. That's that's Ryan's you know chassis himself, and you know he just uh, I, I was excited for that race. You know as a fan when you know the Hines brothers roll out with Botnick. And, you know, Ryan Thomas up there and uh, a young one coming up and then modifies is that Jordan Weaver in that 29J. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's, he's still very young, but, you know, there's some nights that he is just like super impressive. Yes. And he's more of a Bloomington Speedway driver. Right. You know, he, that's his home track. 
But when he comes to Brownstown, I enjoy watching him race over there too. Right. Well, and and Logan Mounts, you know, on Saturday night, I think had a lot of, you know, he kind of had some issues in the heat race and then the feature, he, he struggled with some things. And, you know, I think he's a guy that when he gets it together, will be all right as well. Well, I went over and talked to him after the races and uh, asked him what was up because, you know, he drove off both ends of the racetrack mm-hmm. and, you know, like I told you, you know, when I introduced you to him that, you know, the Mounts family is you know they're all about brownstown speedway and and he said that it was just different it was a car that he wasn't used to driving and you know it kind of showed on the racetrack so so uh, another guy that when i think he gets it figured out will be something to deal with in that grouping as well and you know i i told dustin there and, and joe you might correct me because you you're, you know you're in the pits a lot more but i think logan is the first mounts not driving a late model because i can yeah. never think of any other mounts you know, know they were all late model drivers I think, yeah i think jeff and duke were both uh and charlie and, and charlie yeah they're all late model guys yeah so yeah that probably is and that's it's a it's a i'm sure i really think that probably it's hard to drive a you can't get them a sideways right uh to drive a, a modified because there's so much power with little tires and then to move on to the Wollstone automotive super stocks class uh matt boatnick as we've talked about earlier comes out uh with the feature win there um, you know, one that I kind of pointed out there as I watched her, and again, somebody I got to talk to in the pits before was, I thought Aubrey Egan ran a really good race throughout all of that. I mean, she worked her way up through the field. Um, she made a couple great passes to get herself in some positions and stayed clean. Um, you know, she got into something early. Well, in the heat race. In the heat race. Yeah. And But then came back out in the feature, and she just really worked the racetrack well. Well, I'm, I'm just going to say those boys in that class need to realize it's not going to be a boys' club much longer because I think if not this year, definitely next year, Aubrey's going to have a feature win because, I mean, she – I think she pushes every every week. You know, she, she lets them know that. So, and – Jason Heyman, you can't rule him out. You know, he's kind of test and tuned the last two weeks with that because, you know, May 5th is the Scott Patman tribute race. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why Boatnik was even running, you know. And I don't know if you watched the interview there. He said that uh, that was a car he'd won in a whole lot that uh, Marty Cooper wanted him to drive. So he said it was like putting on an old pair of pants that you, <laughs> you really like. So, and he showed it. You know, Matt, Matt put it anywhere he wanted to. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And then to look at the uh, Pewter Hall Pure Stocks, and, you know, I'll be honest, out of the whole night of racing, I have to say that either, you know, the Indiana Pro Late Model Series feature was very, very exciting. A lot of three-wide racing, you know, a lot of passing. The Pure Stock may have been right there on point or, or maybe even better because, and I know you and I, Matt, talked a lot on Saturday night that a lot of people think that Pure Stocks, you know, aren't good racing, but... Man, that was some exciting passing, three wide racing almost the entire time, and it was it was a great race. Well, you got to look at it this year. The three guys that have dominated that class for the last two years aren't there anymore. You know, Tim Rivers is building a new modified, so he's out of the pure stocks. J- Jason Combs is taking his daughter to baseball games or softball games, so he's not racing. And Jim Ruddick's just kind of this run here and there. So, to me, I think they'd opened that class up to almost anybody. You know, and you're you're seeing some front runners early, but but I think it really leveled the playing field when those three heavy hitters have decided to take a, a back seat a little bit. And in the feature win on Saturday night, Dustin Carr comes home with the win. Uh, Houston Rourke comes in second, which I think Houston Rourke's going to be one you got to deal with each week in the pure yeah. stock class. Well, he won the first week mm-hmm. and in a second place. So, I mean, he I think he's got the joint figured out. But someone who wasn't able to run week one that we talked about and, and Saturday had an interesting day and then had a tough, tough heat race. 
<clears throat> started towards the back, but you know, made a hard charge with Zach Stalker. And I know we've had Zach on the podcast, but you know, for those that don't know, obviously week number one, not racing because he went to prom. Um, week number two, <clears throat> got to the track late, jumped in the car late because of graduating from Vincennes University. So I want to say, you know, congratulations to Zach on his graduation. And, you know, I think it's pretty cool that, you know, I know when we were over talking to the Egan's before, you know, hot laps started, they said uh, about an hour ago, they said they were on the seas at Vincennes and <laughs> the cars are on the trailer. As soon as he gets his diploma, he's racing back to, to Bedford, you know, to pick up everything and they're headed here. So, you know, I think that's a, a pretty cool, you know, showing of how dedicated these guys are to get to the track. Well, you know, from up in the tower, I could see back where they park. And as I was calling for the pure stocks to come to the lineup shoot for hot laps, he was just pulling in. So, I mean, he couldn't have timed it any better. And, and after the races, I talked to him also. And they said that, uh, I think they said 500 and some went to graduation practice, but 800 ended up showing up to walk. So, you know, you had 300 people that didn't even go to practice, and now they're going through on graduation. So it probably wasn't as choreographed as, as they would have liked it. And we can't verify, but he may have already been seated and strapped in the car when they pulled in when you were calling for hot <laughs> Yeah, yeah I, they, they may, ha- may have it. And, you know, his, his girlfriend, you know, Aub- Aubrey's sister, Allie, she went to graduation for Zach, so she was also, you know, trying to get unloaded and get over the lineup shoot so she could hot lap too. Yeah, so. we haven't gotten verification whether he was already in the car and just rolled it off and <laughs> headed to hot laps, but a good chance. And, you know, like I said, uh, Zach's been on the show, and, uh, you know, a huge shout-out to Zach for his graduation and a huge congratulations because, um, you know, right now, hey, in the competition of, of episode downloads, he is the most de- downloaded episode of Throttled Up so far. That's because there's people at Vincennes University who've never seen a dirt track listen to the podcast. Yeah, they, they think the dirt track is, you know, back behind the, the campus right there where you run away from campus police when they pull in. <laughs> well, isn't it amazing, though, that people don't understand? Like, the, there's the different world here of dirt, tr- dirt track racing. People, you, start, you start, talk, start talking about somebody else who don't know anything about racing, they're like, what are you talking about, oh, yeah. you redneck or whatever? Is that NASCAR? Is that NASCAR? Well, people ask me, do you, like, do the fast pit changes or whatever, like... No, it's not the same, yeah. you know. And I, I just tell them, if, if you were to go, your whole world, you would, your mind would be blown. Maybe you wouldn't love it, but you would like it enough, and you'd at least have a respect for it. And, uh, you know, I, I know people at school that I work with, you know, they make jokes about it all the time, not making fun of me, but, like, they ask about it like, in a, like a half-joking way, like they don't realize how much work it is or how in, intense it is. It's like, if you see it come one time, and you would be your mind would be changed. I mean, to me, I love NASCAR, but NASCAR is boring to me compared to going to a short track race on a Saturday night or a dirt track race. It's unbelievable, the difference. Watching pure stocks, watching whatever. Yeah. Just well, the it action. goes back to even what NASCAR has tried to do. By right. putting in the segment race, and they've tried Shorter to make races, it. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, to tighten it up. And But, you know, it's funny you say that, and since we have started this, I bet I've had four or five people reach out to me and say, man, I haven't been to the track in forever, but listening to this, I want to go out. And, you know, one guy we work with, and, and Matt's brought it up, Josh Creech has come to both of us, and he's like, man, I, I just want to go to the races, man. When I right. listen to it, I get I get excited, and I want to go. And that's a big reason why we started this. We wanted the opportunity for people to get out and go watch this. And, and again, Saturday night, it was, it was cold. Mm-hmm. Um, it was chilly. Uh, right. You were in shorts. I don't know how, but... <laughs> working, man. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> well, when you, when you stand up on the top of that thing, I was, I was freezing standing <laughs> up on the top of the roof. But, yeah. um, you know, it was cold, but guys, you know, 
get out. It is you're not going to find better entertainment no. on a Saturday night than that. And it is, you know, it is very family friendly. Yes. Um, it is very family centered. So get your kids, bring them out. You know, and, and I've I've said this on this podcast before, and I'm going to say it again. But you know, I I. I took my wife and son last year, and he learned uh, the stoplight color sitting at Brownstown Speedway in it's turn educational. one. It's it, educational. It is. I mean, and and he knew when green, it meant we were going to go fast, <laughs> and he wanted to go fast. So it is a lot of fun, and, you know, get people out there to the track. But, you know, before we take off, Joe, I want to give you a chance because I know you've thanked some of the other people that, that helped, but who are the other sponsors? I mean, I know your dad's a major sponsor with yeah. Easy Lift and, right. and that kind of stuff, but who who's the other sponsors to help you get to the car to the track? Well, we have uh, K&G Sports. Um, Carl has done a, good, a lot of work for us and helped us out through the, through the years, and, and uh, Wilson Concrete. Um, I've got to know the Wilsons a lot better, you know, coaching um, – there's uh, Andy's sons, but I also really appreciate their money. And then, you know, Ride Auto Parts, um, obviously Easy Lift. There's a sponsor on the race car that says Mojo Investments, and it's actually uh, is actually my wife and I, Mojo. And we don't invest any money anymore because we have kids, but I invest a lot of my time. And so that puts me on the car every year. And you'll hear Marty say Mojo Investments, like, first, it's one of your members all the time. Um, it's actually a cool-sounding name. You yeah, know, it too, sounds so. like it's official. It's not. It's just me and my wife. Well, I'm and, glad you told me that. I was going to ask Marty where I could send my money to so <laughs> um p3 graphics um for doing our our uh, vinyl for us this year and um i'm probably leaving somebody out. i feel really bad now i used to make fun of marty all the time for forgetting somebody um but i think that's about it we have some you know some product sponsors eagle i don't know if i said this eagle racing engines and um you know we have pinsky shocks but they don't they don't sponsor us at all we spend a lot of money on those but they're <laughs> they're a big help to us well, and uh, you know, I wanna I wanna shout out to our sponsors again, and and the first and foremost being Brownstown Speedway and and Jim Price, and again Jim has has jumped on board and and done a lot for us and helped us out, and we want to continue that partnership between Throttled Up and and Brownstown Speedway. And just a reminder this this weekend, Saturday night, May fifth. Um, the Superstock Special, the Scott Patman Tribute Race. You'll get a chance to see the Indiana Pro Late Models Race uh, Modifieds. Obviously, the huge night for the Superstock Class, Pure Stocks, and Hornets will be racing there at Brownstown Speedway on Saturday night. Please make a trip out to the track if for some reason you can't, like myself, because I will be at the Jennings County High School Prom on Saturday night instead of the racetrack. Uh Get your login to InTheFastLaneProductions.com because I can tell you that on Sunday I will spend a lot of time watching what uh, Ryan and Nathan capture and edit and put up because, you know, I again, I've got a, I've got a job and they told me i got to be at prom and I've tried to argue that the podcast is, you know, a job as well and they're not going for that yet. So, <laughs> and, um, and I'm just going to say for uh, the Superstock race with the Scott Batman tribute, this will be the fourth annual one, of, one for, for Scott there. And uh, Matt Botnick won the first two, so you know I don't know if it's going to have the one on it or, you know I know the first year he won they they put Scott's twenty nine on the car and you know Matt parked it in victory lane with you know with slim fast number on there so I know Matt will put on a show and, and try very hard to get a, a third win out of the four so you you know make sure you show up it'll be a great super stock feature that night absolutely and if you can't in the fastlaneproductions.com get your your premium subscription uh you can't beat that opportunity to watch all of those uh heats and feature races at brownstown speedway every day and you know some really cool things coming up for them here in the rest of the season as well 
Uh, when you're at the track this weekend, stop and visit Mark and Jamie Schaefer at Schaefer Photo and Custom Tee, their booth right there behind the grandstands. Pick you up a racing T-shirt. Hey, maybe you want, you know, uh, some new stickers, you know, some new uh, uh, artwork, some some photography. Uh, you might even check, you know, and see if you can find a, a shot of Joe Hartwell in Victory Lane, you know, our guest tonight. I mean, he has already said tonight he is a legend in Chandler um, at Chandler Speedway. Um, yes, we will we be are. planning on getting those printed off for signature copies the next time the Indiana Pro Late Model Series. All seventeen series. people that show up in the pits there to look at our car. Yeah. Oh, cannot I mean, wait to watch you heroes. sign those. Um, hey, I'm going to give another shout out to, to Mark and Jamie too. That I don't know how many people realize this, but they sponsor the Rookie of the Years and all the classes at, at Brownstown. And uh, Mark and Jamie, those. Hoosier doesn't donate those jackets for the Rookie of the Year. Mark and Jamie buy all six of those jackets every year. So I just, uh, you know, that, just want, that's their dedication to the sport is that's a big deal to a lot of people when they get those Rookie of the Year coats, you know, from Hoosier Tire. And, and like I said, Hoosier does not donate those. They have to buy those. So that you know, that's another thing that Mark and Jamie does for the sport. And they're big for us when it comes to, you know, sponsors. When we, we get pictures of the race car, a really nice picture of the race car, we could frame those pictures, send them to our sponsors and say, look, your, car's on our, your, your name's on our car. And we show it every week, and they do a great. The the photos are outstanding. Yes, and we look forward to seeing those every week, and also within the fast lane productions, we look forward to seeing the video. It's a, it's actually a tool we use. You know, we can see the cars pushing or a little bit loose or whatever. We can see where we're losing some time on the racetrack. So it's important to, to, for both those guys go support those guys because they really they do help us. Absolutely, and, and I'll be honest. There's there's not bad racing at Brown Sound Speedway, but if there's ever a a dull in the action mark schaefer's a lot of action to watch running back and forth across the infield you know to get in position to make the the photo that he wants and and you know he's a great guy and again and i appreciate that joe to go support those guys and then you know last and another guy we're going to try and get on here soon a guy that's racing uh down in texas is kenny montgomery um singer of the new single dirt (laughs) and uh um also of dirt track thing if you get an opportunity go out and look at uh itunes and uh give that a download and uh support kenny as well we appreciate everything that kenny does for and he's us. another one of those crazy modified drivers you know so you know he's got all the horsepower and the little tires so i'm sure you know he has to work his hind end off to drive that modified down there in texas absolutely especially in the texas heat it can make your head go crazy and and say things you don't mean to say uh (laughs) other than that hey get out to the scott patman tribute race this weekend and uh joe you know good luck to you guys the rest of the season uh we appreciate you coming on and and i hope that you'll uh you'll come back throughout the season i'd love to just invite me anytime i'll come out and i'll i'll talk whatever you want me to talk about we might try to work it out you know, sometime when we can bring Marty on with you too, because I, I would love to talk to Marty, and yes. uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure Dustin would too. And you know, he's got years and years behind the wheel, and and uh, I'd like to kind of sit here and just kind of pick his you brain. Might a have to bit. get a bigger set of headphones. Right on, right on. His head's are pretty big. He's got to go noggin'. I'll just get two speakers and duct tape around his head. We are in Crothersville, Indiana. We got redneck go. ingenuity. Go. All right, guys. Well, hey, good luck this week. Get out to the racetrack, and if you can't, get on inthefastlaneproductions.com. Thank you. I'm from that dirt, 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 dirt. I'm all about that dirt, 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 dirt. I'm throwing dirt, 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 dirt. I miss that dirt, 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 dirt. Gotta get back to I'm it. I'm a dirt trackaholic. Call it what you call it. Saturday night, I am so Kenny Wallace on that dirt, 
dirt, dirt, dirt, I miss that dirt, 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 gotta get back to it. I've been the Kenny Wallace of the rap game. Ever since I hit him with that dirt track thing. Now nationwide, everybody knows my name. They're like, mama, that's Kenny Montgomery. He sings that song we like. Yeah, boy, that's me. Roll out the trailer, I'm flossing. Huh. Them Hoosier tires glossing. Yep. Them cold kind, we're tossing. Right. They know I came to wreck it, yet I rarely bring out a caution. Get I hit the high side, boy, I park it for Brian Clausen. Uh. I do them like Kyle Larson. Watch me throw them sliders. Party in victory lane, and y'all boys ain't invited. Your mama gets excited when I pull up to unload. Even your grandpa talking about, man, that boy too cold. We don't sit on 24s, we don't ride on spinners. I'm posted up on them 15s with platinum dirt defenders. Got kids up in my window like, hey, Mo, are you gonna win it? Yeah, I hope y'all brought some stamps, cause y'all know I'm about to send it on me. Dirt. Just one hot lapse for the third week. Huh? Lil Dave said he thinks we're in the first heat. So I go and check the board on my bike, sitting outside pole. Y'all know what it's looking like. Uh -huh. W, W, that's another George W. Hit him with that half a lap, like, dang, what gear you running, dude? And where'd you get that fire suit? Man, I like that stitching. Velocity USA, hey, just tell Brad that I sent you. I'm shining like I'm rubbered up, and I'm smiling for the pics. Y'all boys be looking tacky, while I stay looking slick. Four new rims, no new friends. They never know what I'm planning. And mama just gave me them eyes like, dang, baby, you looking handsome. We pray and sing the anthem. Nobody takes a knee. We stop and show respect, cause we're all proud to be. From the land of the free and the home of the brave, y'all better wake up and get it. We're making America great again. Let's all go out and kick it on there. Dirt, 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 dirt. I'm all about that. Dirt, 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 dirt. I'm throwing. Dirt, 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 gotta get back to it.